Welcome to Legends Emerging, a new show discussing news and games of the emerging regions. Because Worlds is starting soon, I figured now would be a great time to start in on this before my official start next year in spring season of 2020. This show will go over some news, some roster changes, and most importantly, some games of the emerging regions. Starting with news, No Way announced his retirement today. No Way was previously the AD carry of the 2017 Gigabyte Marines, and after that, he recently was on Evos, who played in the VCS as well as Rift Rivals of Asia. Evos placed second place in Spring with No Way, and then they qualified for Rift Rivals. But in summer, they had a massive overhaul to their roster, keeping No Way but replacing almost everyone else but their substitute mid laner, and they finished fifth, just missing out of playoffs. In other news, in the Latin American region, there was promotions and relegations. Seventh place team Pixel kept their spot playing against Mad Lions Colombia, but eighth place Chaos Latin Gamers lost in a close series to Azules Esports and are now no longer part of the LLA. This new team Azules, it's unclear whether or not they will keep their roster for promotion or relegation, but someone who they should definitely keep is support, support player Phaiton, who led them to a very, very good victory. It was a 3-2 series, could have gone either way, but Azules won out in the end and are joining the LLA in 2020. Another region that had promotions and relegations recently was Brazil, the CBLOL. Both VivoKeed and Pro Gaming Esports have joined the ranks of the CBLOL once again for Spring of 2020, with Team 1 and CNB Esports missing out on that. They will be in the Challenger League for Brazil. Also in CBLOL, Wiser, the top laner of Kaboom, is going back to Sandbox after his loan has ended. And probably the biggest news overall in the past couple weeks that has happened with the emerging regions is the merger of the LMS and the LST. For those of you who don't know, the LMS is the League of Legends Master Series and has teams like the Flash Wolves, Machi, and for this year's Worlds representatives, J-Team, Hong Kong Attitude, and HQ Esports. The LST is the Southeast Asia region, and they have teams from the Philippines, teams from Malaysia and Singapore, and Thailand. Now, this, these two regions will be combining into one 10-team region next year called the Pacific League Championship Series. More info will be coming out soon, and when it does, I will make sure to put it in here, and that way, uh, that way people can know about it, but they'll obviously know from other sources. Um, moving on to the most important part of today's trial episode is going to be talking about the World Championships. Now, this episode is being recorded on October 1st, which means that World starts tomorrow. Now, this year's World, World Championship features quite a few teams whose first-time appearances uh, some teams who have multiple players who have been here years and years before, some familiar faces, new faces, etc. And the big question is, will any of these teams make it out of groups? 
or will it just be the t pool one seeds of Clutch Gaming, Splice, Hong Kong Attitude, and Damon Gaming? Now talking about Group A, we have Clutch Gaming from the NALCS, we have Mammoth from Oceana's OPL, and then we have the Unicorns of Love from Russia's LCL. Clutch Gaming has a powerhouse of a player, not Demonte, uh, and it's Huni. Now Huni had had some very, very hit or miss moments in this season. It is very important not to just look at the recency of the gauntlet and the playoffs this summer and remember that there was a spring Huni who played horribly compared to his usual standards. Now, Huni is most likely going to be considered by many to be the best top laner in this group, and they're probably right. But there are two other top laners that are important to talk about, and that is going to be Fudge and Boss. Now, Fudge is the top laner of Mammoth. He is a rookie who's had a great start to his career, just joining Mammoth in the summer by being brought up from their academy team. Fudge has shared time with their top laner, with their top lane sub, Tapoon, a Korean import who has played for the OPL for about a year now. Fudge is an excellent carry player and had some insane performances in playoffs this year for the OPL. Now, in addition to Fudge, Mammoth has a couple other players that are important to talk about, specifically being King and Triple. Now, King and Triple have been at Worlds before. In fact, they were here last year under the Dire Wolves banner. King has just gotten his fifth OPL trophy, and Triple is a strong mid laner from this region whose carry, carry performances led them to their only win of last year. Mam dire Wolves at the time, who were the world's representatives of the OPL in 2018, had an extremely difficult group to play in with EDG and Latin America's Infinity Esports. Infinity Esports took a game off of not only EDG, but also semi-finalists G2 Esports. And then Mammoth's roster closes out with a support jungle duo who have been playing for about two years now of Babip and Destiny. Destiny has also played with King previously uh, when they were on the Direwolves together in 2017. And now they've reunited on Mammoth, and this super team of OPL talent is really pushing for getting out of groups this year. OPL has not done it yet, they have not made the main event yet, and they are hoping to do it now. Now moving on to the Unicorns of Love. They have a very strong core that actually was at MSI this year, under the Vega Squadron banner. UL's top laner boss, jungler Ahahashik, or Pineapple, which is easier, as Frostgarin likes to say, and then their mid laner, Nomans. They all competed under Vega Squadron and almost beat the Flash Wolves to get a spot at the main event of MSI. Joining them is Inax and Edward. Inax previously was the Academy bot laner of XL Esports and played in the UK Regional League. And their support player, Edward, is a longtime player in the League of Legends scene, going all the way back to Moscow 5 in Season 2. Now, in terms of predictions for this group, I would have to say that Clutch Gaming would be the first seed that makes it out. However, one area of weakness that could be exploited by Clutch is not only their predictability, 
with the champion pool of their top in jungler. Huni is one of the big Huni memes right now is that he only has three champions, which is definitely not true. However, he does have a effective champion pool. So does jungler Lyra. In fact, right now Lyra has a 80% win rate on Skarner with 15 games played, being his most played champion, with his next most being 9 Jarvan games with a 78% win rate. However, after that, things start to fall off a little bit more. Um, he does have an 80% win rate with 5 games on Gragas, and then anything higher than 5 games is a losing win rate, with a lot of things lower also being losing win rates. He has a very unique champion pool that doesn't quite fit in right now as Jarvan is falling out of favor since the, I believe, the E nerfs where they increased his cooldown by one second. And Skarner is a little bit more niche that can be countered a little bit more easily, but does also get countered by the good old ban button. Lyra's, on the meta junglers, Lyra's Sejuani, Lee Sin are very underwhelming. His Silas, also on the underwhelming side. Lyra is a weak point of this team that could be taken advantage of if push comes to shove. Now, in addition to Lyra, Huni does also have a unique champion pool, but specifically one that favors an interesting choice of champion. Now, Huni likes to play a lot of different champions, but his effectiveness on them is where things start to be questionable. Huni's most played champion is Rumble, and by most played is nine more games higher than the next most played champions of Karma, Aurelia, Gangplank, all at five games each. His Rumble has a 64% win rate on 14 games played, and then after that things start to fall apart. The Rumble ban will be vital along with the Skarner ban, but this can only be gifted on blue side matchups because red side is forced to ban specific counter power picks. Now, in terms of other top laners that are going to be introduced into the 9.19 meta, it is unclear whether or not Huni's Echo is as good as it was previously, or if he can even play it anymore right now, to at least to a professional level. Uh, it's unclear how his Silas is. He did play two games of it, but Oftentimes, he did not be he did not play that he would rather play the rumble or he would put himself on something else. And Aatrox, while he didn't play many games of it, he did quite well on it, but that's fallen out of favor quite a bit. So Huni is still a question mark, and then of course another big question mark of this team is their mid laner Demonte. Now Demonte is known for his Kiana in North America. He has a 78% win rate on 9 games, which is pretty high. Um, and then in addition to that, he also has quite a few games under his belt on the Aurelia and the Silas with 8 games apiece, both of sitting at 50% or above. However, these are weak points. 
These are areas that can be exploited by stronger teams or even by weaker teams. With enough jungle attention, by shutting down Huni, suddenly now what does Clutch do? But Clutch's saving grace is still Cody Sun, and Cody Sun will be stronger than most of these teams. Overall, I'd say that Clutch Gaming will get out of this group first, and then I believe that between Unicorns of Love and Mammoth, it'll be close, but I think Unicorns of Love will make it out as the second seed. Now moving on to Group B, which I have named the Playing Group of Death. Um, this features Splice, Detonation Focus Me, and Isris Gaming. Now, Splice is the European representative, and they are definitely strong, and they cannot be underestimated. Despite the fact that they are not like the other two European teams appearing of G2 Esports and Fnatic, what they do have is consistency, and they have their greatest strength is the weakness of a lot of these emerging region teams. Now, Isris Gaming has the jungle, the jungle mid duo of Adi and Seiya, who've been playing together for quite a while. Starting all the way back in summer of 2016 on Lion Gaming, they've become very successful. And joining them is Bugox, Rangelis, and Slow, who all appear to MSI under Isris Gaming as well. Now, Isris Gaming was considered a third seed at the time, which was very questionable by Riot. Uh, considering how Mega at the time was also considered a second seed. Uh, if those had switched, Isris could have quite possibly made it out of the group stage uh, during MSI. They're a strong team who has a great ability of mid-game macro decision-making, but their weakness is that their early game is not quite as proactive as other teams. They can get run over in the early game, if someone gets enough of a lead on them. But if they can get to about the 15-20 minute mark by only being up, down by a little bit or being even, they're a solid team and they have great decision making and great leadership through Adi and Seiya, and they can win games quite easily. Uh, moving on to Detonation Focus Me, this is the team from Japan where if anyone has uh, seen them at Worlds 2018, they almost beat Cloud9 but couldn't quite do it. Detonation Focus Me has some mechanical powerhouses like top laner Evie and then ADC player Utapon and support player Gang. Now also on their team is jungler Steel and mid laner Saros who have their unique strengths about them but also their unique weaknesses. Saros in draft is generally a bit of a almost a resource hog in the sense that you, he, he's not as reliable on some of the meta champions, but his champions of like the Ziggs, the Karma, which is meta, I guess, for the most part, and then also his Heimerdinger, which is getting stronger in Worlds patch, are able to shut down enemy mid laners and kind of neutralize them, which is a unique strength that could help against this group. But this is definitely top laner Evie's time to shine, as Bugox and... Bugox and Vizichachi are not considered the strongest top laners of their region. If Evie can show some strength and get leads by himself without needing Steel's help, this could be extremely helpful towards Detonation Focus Me getting out of this group. But Steel is the weak point of this team. Uh, Steel has a lot of issues with his pathing, 
and with Lee Sin in the meta, that actually scares me a little bit more than than makes me excited. Uh, his Lee Sin is not bad, but he's extremely gank reliant, especially on the Lee Sin. And with his inefficient farming, that tends to mean that he's very feast or famine. And if he can get ahead and he can get leads, especially on like a Lee Sin with his ganking, then it can make him go even with the enemy jungler. Um, but he also has a tendency to fall behind on the likes of Kindred, which he really likes as well, which most likely will not be seen play at Worlds, but it is a big negative of his. Overall, with this group, I believe that that Isaris will make it out as the second seed, and that Splice will make it out as first seed, but Detonation folks, me, are definitely a dark horse and they could take either the first or second spot if splice have enough issues and lose some games they shouldn't to Isaris or detonation focus me suddenly they could possibly miss the world stage in this group anybody could make it out this is the only group where i think that the first seed has the only chance of not getting out at least in top two now moving on to group c the biggest question of Group C is, can Vietnam's second seed team beat Hong Kong Attitude? The answer is most likely no. However, there is a pathway for them to do it. Now, first talking about uh, HKA a little bit, they have a core that has been around with them for about two years now. Um, going all the way back to the World Championships of 2017, Mission, Unified, and Kai Wang have been with them for this entire time and they are back and looking to try to make group stage this time last last time around when they made the plans they ended up actually losing a couple games to the turkish representative and because of that they became the second seed of their group and then they had to play against fanatic and they stood no chance to fanatic and they lost now the turkish team that ended up beating them featured crash as their jungler and Crash has actually joined HKA this time, so maybe that'll give them good luck. Joined by top laner 3Z, they're looking to make it out this time and actually be the first seed. If they become the first seed, they will most likely make it out unless they play against the, the Group B team, and then I suddenly see them losing. There is a pa It is a possibility, definitely not a guarantee. Uh, now talking about Loki Esports a little bit, Loki's main strengths come from jungler DNK and mid laner artifact. These are two extremely young, strong players that are going to have a great future in the Vietnamese region and potentially the Chinese region. <laughs> um, now their bot lane celebrity and Venus are consistent and they will get the job done and they allow they allow Loki to play more towards their solo lanes than th through their bot lane. They will, Celebrity and Venus will tend to have uh, negative CS differentials, negative gold differentials, but that's mostly due to the fact that they play weak side constantly. Uh, and for those that don't know, weak side just means jungler is not playing towards their side of the map, jungler is on the other side of their map, playing more towards, at that point, their strong side. Except in this case, their strongest lane to play through is mid, as top laner Hani is a big weakness of this team. A big weakness who 
will 100% be abused by most of these teams, except for maybe Mega. Um, Hani is actually the substitute top laner originally, uh, but due to the fact that their main their main top laner King J got injured, Hani had to take his place for all of summer, and things didn't go well for Hani. He has the worst laning stats in the entire region, especially for top laners, um, and he is he's overall not a strong player yet. He he has potential to grow into it in the future. I don't see it as likely, but he could grow into it, and he has definitely made improvements. Um, he has a massive resource hog just to stay even. He does team fight pretty well, but he won't be able to abuse his lead as well as other players could. Um, so Hani is a definite, definite weak point that teams can focus and target, not only in champion select, but also in the game. Now finally, moving on to the last team in this group, which is Mega. This is the LST representative, uh, and their core has been around for a long time as well. Uh, their, their core is from Thailand, and it's Rocky, Lloyd, and G4. Uh, Lloyd has played both jungle and AD carry for the team. Uh, for MSI 2018 and 2019, he has played AD carry. For Worlds 2018 and 2019, he has played jungle. Uh, so maybe next year he'll keep that trend going. Uh, if he makes it because of the, the PCS coming out. Um, G4 is in a very aggressive mid laner. He's very feast or famine. Oftentimes in the world stage, it's famine. Um, and this team has one bright spot, which is their bot lane, uh, Duel and Pop. Duel played for the LMS previously uh, under Machi Esports. And Pop is a, is a rookie player who was on the sole amateur team in the Tespa Cup, but this this is definitely their strong point. Um, they don't always play through it, but this is the, these are their strongest players on the map. Um, and now moving on to Group D. Oh, I, I, should, I guess I should probably give predictions for Group C. Uh, Mega's not making it out. And I would say it's between... It's easily just between Loki and HK. I can see them even having a tiebreaker for first place. Uh, and whichever team gets first could potentially make it um unless they i i think if they face group b representative they don't make it uh if they face group d representative i don't think they make it either but they could make it to the main stage that that, that is their path is through fighting group a um finally group d uh we have damon gaming as the pool one seed of this group uh, Damwon is extremely strong, is already considered a tournament favorite, and they're in plans, so they will most likely not lose a single game. I would be shocked if they did. Uh, however, I could see them losing too. Excuse me. Um, maybe like a maybe a game to Isurus or a game to Detonation Focus Me. Just one game at most. At extreme most. However, the other teams in the group are Flamengo Esports and Royal Youth. Uh, Brazil's representative and Turkey's representative. Flamengo Esports is... They've been the favorites of their region for quite a bit, but they haven't made it to Worlds. Uh, they were favorites of Summer 2018, and then they lost 2-3 to three to Kaboom. And they were favorites of Spring 2019, and they lost 2-3 three, three to INTZ. And then finally, they get back around to Summer... 
and they get to game five against INTZ. I personally was ready to call out for INTZ, uh, but they managed to finally pull it out. Their first victory, their first championship, and it brings BRTT back to the world stage. Uh, joining him is Jungler Shrimp, who used to play for Dignitas in North America uh, before Clutch became Dignitas. Um, and then also his solo laners, uh, well, their solo laners, are Robo and Goku. Now, Robo is a very strong player who they tend to play through quite a bit. Uh, he's exceptional on Aurelia. He's really good on the Camille as well. He's good on a lot of other things. He likes to play as Nar. Um, and then Goku, he, he has a lot of proficiency on things like Syndra, um, also his Akali, his Silas, and his Karma as well. Like, yeah, the, these solo leaners have options of, like, champion pools. They're not, they're not so narrow. They're, they're, they're a little bit wider, and they, they fit them at a point well, especially now. And then their support player is also a Korean import, um, that... The support player is Lucy, and Lucy and BRTT have the chance to be the best laning bot lane of this group. They have the chance. Um, Damwon's quote-unquote weak spot is their bot lane of Nuclear and Barrel, um, and Barrel loves Tom Kench quite a bit. All of Korea really, really likes Tom Kench for some reason, um, but... Barrel especially likes the Tom Kench, and if Tom Kench is picked in 9.19, that could get abused pretty hard, especially by BRTT and Lucy. Um, and then Royal Youth Spot Lane of Pilot and... Pilot and... Uh, sorry. I have the name in front of me. I just can't read it. Tolerant. Uh, <laughs> English is hard, fellas. Yeah. Royal Youth Spot Lane of Pilot and Tolerant is generally played away from. Um, which gives another advantage to BRTT and Lucy and if jungle attention gets brought in with shrimp that's another possible point of strength um, I don't personally see Flamengo making it out of this group but if they can take a game off of Royal Youth and force a tiebreaker anything can happen um, now Royal Youth moving on to them their Korean imports are Pilot, their ADC, uh, former Gen Air player, and then their mid laner is Seal. And these two Korean imports are solid, but not very strong. They're not, uh, they're not like the Wolf and Frozen imports, who are exceptionally strong imports individually, and then their team may not be as good around them, but this team is good imports, and then a strong core around them of domestic players. Now these domestic players include Armut, their I would say star top laner, who has some of the best laning stats outside of Untara. And then we have Closer, their jungler, and then their support player Tonner. Now, if Closer plays more towards Armut, that's when they do best. This team excels around playing through topside, which is perfect because Pilot and Tolerant are a very self-sustaining bot lane, and they will do well without any resources. Well, they need what they need a couple resources in terms of waves, but they don't need jungle resources, which is the important part. 
Seoul does have a little bit of a weakness in terms of some of the side laning. It is a problem that he has, and it can be fixed. Um, that's a very coachable thing, is fixing side laning, fixing, like, when to back off, when to push forward, like, basing around, like, hiding through vision. Um, it, it's just, it seems like a slight communication issue with the rest of the team, just with, with Seoul. But it's not a major laning issue, which is why he's not much of a weak point. Um, but I, I personally see Royal Youth not only making it out of this group, but if they run into, say, the the T, the, the Group C representative, uh, even the first seed one, I could see them beating them. Um, that'd be quite quite funny if Hong Kong Attitude got out of his first seed and then the Turkish team beat them again. Um yeah, so that is Worlds 2019. This all starts tomorrow, and this was a trial episode for me, just trying to understand the ropes. Uh, things will be better each and every time around after this. I will continue to bring out news. Uh, follow my Twitter, at Legends Emerging. Uh, we have a placeholder logo that's also getting worked on. I'm getting someone to do uh, a professional logo. And moving into 2020, things will get exciting. Expect maybe a couple episodes coming out during Worlds, maybe one after plans, just to talk about my initial thoughts and where where I was wrong in my assessments and how these teams are going to look moving into their individual regions next year. In addition to this, expect episodes during the off season, uh, more geared towards big roster changes. The goal for me is to do like a short news episode maybe once a week, uh, and then moving into the 2020 seasons, I'll be doing an episode per week, and I'll be focusing on the marquee matchups of each region, so it'll be a little bit longer episodes than this. So until next time, see ya.